As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 505 of the Wayne's Comics Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week is the return of a favorite around here, and that's Tyler Chin Tanner from A Wave Blue World. He's got several books out towards the end of this year, and that includes the ones we're going to talk about, Deadbeats Volume 2, London Calling, Dead Legends 2, Bloody Hell, and The Orphan King. We talk about how those books came to be, as well as what we can expect from them. Tyler happens to be attending New York Comic Con this year, so we talk about that at the beginning to catch people up on what's happening there, as well as what a wave blue world is up to in the months ahead. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy what he has to say. As always, don't let my voice get in the way of the wonderful things that Tyler is saying. Things continue to move behind the scenes, but they move slowly, but eventually I'll get my voice back. There's a lot to get to in this episode. So let's get on with the show. It's always a pleasure to talk with Tyler Chin Tanner from A Wave Blue World, who is, as we're talking, at the New York Comic Con this year. And uh, when this post, you'll still be there. But what's the booth number you're at? Oh, so I don't have a booth this year. Oh. I wasn't sure because of the COVID situation mm-hmm. and, and the committee. But we have some artists and creators in Artist Alley. Um, and I have some good friends up on the show floor. So I've got, I feel like I have plenty of nice homes there. Okay, so you're not really because I'm so you. Do you guys have in booths? And stuff yeah, like yeah, that. we usually do. And, and next year, I hope I hope we're back, back. Uh, I don't know, feeling healthier and, and can be more confident uh, going mm-hmm. in. Okay. Yeah. Now, as I mentioned to you before we started recording, I was curious to get your impressions as to how 
the convention is doing this time compared to previous times? Well, I mean, I guess it depends on what you want to measure it on. It certainly seems as if the um, creators are there, the publishers have come out, uh, lots of fun announcements and new books. Um, the people seem to be coming in. Um, there are more, you know, regulations and a couple more hoops to jump through, but it does look like they have the staff there and ready and knowledgeable for what they're checking for. Um, there was like the first thing you have to get is like the vaccine pass and that, that had an app, you know, so I took pictures of, uh, you take pictures of your ID card and you take pictures of your, um, your, your vaccine card, the thing that you get when you get your shots. And, uh, I, I did that yesterday, you know, Wednesday, uh, and they go just check, you know, with your ID and, and the card on your phone. And then they give you a green wristband. So you get that even before, I mean, that doesn't have anything to do with badges or, or checking through security, but that's the first thing, even to like walk in the door off of the street. Uh, and then in there, you know, it's, they check that, that you have your wristband and then you get your badge and then you go through. And for a number of years, they've had like the tap in, you know, where the badge has to like click in and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually, mine came in like invalid. And so I have to go to the desk and see somebody and then (laughs) check it. So, I mean, that, that's, that's a complication, but it's been like that for a few years. Um, but other than that, I'm, I mean, it, it felt it felt very much, you know, everybody's wearing a mask. So there's a big difference right there. Um, mm-hmm. So I would say simultaneously, you could feel that this was the year, you know, at the end of the pandemic or I don't, I don't know, end of the, you know, after a pandemic and, and the first try to, to do a live con, you know, since the pandemic um, mm-hmm. because of those things. But other than that, I mean, if you just looked at the show floor itself um, and went around and, and looked at the comics. I, I think very much it felt it felt the same. So there weren't any empty spaces. It was all the the same number of uh, display people and things like that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. They, I mean, it was it was filled up. <laughs> so, yeah, everything is. Uh, yeah, lots of big booths on the show floor. Small press was full. Artist Alley had its own section, which was just table after table of uh, of creators. Um, I love that they get their own space down there. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it's, that's a lot too. You're like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, lot, lot to look through and try to find all my friends in there. And uh, sometimes you miss them. You walk right past them and you're like, what, what numbers? <laughs> it's your table again. And you're like, how did I miss you? Um, yeah, but no, it, it was, it was live, alive and well for sure. Um, you know, I hope nobody gets sick. I mean, that's just the real concern. I, I mean, obviously, some people will get sick, but I, I hope there's no like big like negative reaction or spreader events. Uh, that that's my main concern. Um, you know, but from what I've seen, I mean, people are being smart as best they can. You know, with with the masks, and you see a lot of people get their Purell things on their tables. Um, did a lot of like elbow bumps. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, fist bumps at the most, but he's even doing some elbow, elbow bumps there just, you know, for any contact. And those are just for like, you know, the people that I know, obviously a lot of people do just nod or wave or something. Um, so, so yeah, hmm. s- some changes, but, but nothing, nothing crazy. Are there still people selling stuff and they did, are they using money or are they trying to use plastic and stuff like that? Is that, is that a big change or is that still like it always has been? 
Um, I can tell you there was definitely a lot of cash going on. Mm. Um, I definitely tried not to get change, you know, like a $20 book or a $5 book. I told a couple of people not to like dig out that dollar bill or, you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. one way at least. Um, I don't, you know, probably some of the bigger booths I didn't, I wasn't buying a lot of like merch or things like that. I'm sure they had maybe even just tap to pay type thing. Um, but down in Artist Alley where I did most of my uh, purchases, um, it, you know, they, it was, they could, some of them had like a square reader or something, but mm-hmm. it, it wasn't too, too digital yet. Were the, like, uh, there are certain land posts where you go with Marvel is up on the main level and mm-hmm. there's like uh, anime stuff is right near it. And there's small presses up near where Marvel is and stuff like yeah. that. Was that, the same this year oh yeah yeah i mean just absolutely okay. huge huge um you know the the, the viz thing because i remember mm. i was in small press last year and i was just i was at the end of it so i was staring at the big yellow viz booth which is some entire wall <laughs> the whole time mm. and i was like yeah oh that's back again this year oh. <laughs> very loud loud piece yeah that's one oh. thing they always have with those larger than life figures that people mm-hmm. take their picture in front of and stuff. Yeah. Uh, there, there were big like Funko Batmans and stuff like that sometimes. And mm-hmm. uh, I guess what everybody tells that I see on Facebook, people saying is that it's, it's the way it's always been on many levels. You're right. Except for the, the social distancing and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Is, is, uh, I'm just looking for your impression. As far as Artist Alley, was it the same size that it has been in the past? Yeah, yeah. It's it's that you know room down down on the first level. You know, mm-hmm. the main entrance, the show floor is actually level three. And then you go down mm-hmm. to level two is like the food court, and I think there's some mm-hmm. panel rooms there. And then you mm-hmm. go down to the first floor, and it, they've got their whole that whole room to themselves, and it's quite deep, you know. Mm-hmm. It, it goes down far, and God, I would say there was like 20, 20 rows, and then it just goes down, mm-hmm. you know, quite some time. So it's, it's a big space, and it was absolutely yeah. you know, every, every table was full. Uh, yeah, Artist Alley, of course. Uh, our experience at Artist Alley was really great the last time we were there. I mean. People were buying stuff. I mean, oh, even yeah. display copies of books. And we kept selling out of stuff, and we'd have a display copy, and the person would say, can I buy that? Mm-hmm. And we'd be like, well, yeah, okay, you can buy that. And we had a second display copy, and they wanted that. And mm-hmm. we were like, okay. And we kind of ran out just before the convention uh, yeah. closed up on Sunday. But uh, we, we're not used to that. Now, we do usually have healthy sales. And we had a lot of stuff, but man, we were selling out and going through stuff. And we were like, you know, <laughs> it's kind of interesting to see that because, man, I just, it's, you know, especially when you get to a big con like that, to see people go selling through things is just amazing to me. So, New York Comic Con's always been a good selling show for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and that, that's what I always liked it, not just because it's kind of a local con for me, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, people, people come to buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for sure, which is nice because you get some that sort of feel a little more like they just want to poke around and uh, mm-hmm. the purchase was like getting in, but then they just want to see the sights and sounds. But mm-hmm. you know, people people come out to buy some stuff in New York Comic Con for sure. Because I've seen people buy superhero glasses. 
Mm-hmm. You know, the ones they used to sell at like McDonald's and stuff like that. The, mm-hmm. Sometimes they're glass, sometimes they're plastic. And I remember looking at them going, oh, my gosh, even here they sell even that. So I'm I'm always amazed by what New York has to offer. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm definitely guilty of that. I have a, a shelf full of uh, superhero tumblers and, and stuff. Mm, it's amazing stuff. It's amazing stuff. Yeah. So, well, that's, that's good. That, uh, is it different walking the floor as opposed to being behind a table? Oh, for, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I, and I kind of like, as much as it's hard work to set up a table, I and mean, once the show gets started, I kind of like having a home base and being able to <laughs> stay there and, and just walk around when you need to, or like on a busy mm-hmm. Saturday, just, you know, hold up and just go, I'm not leaving this booth. Um, <laughs> for, for sure. Yeah. And, and uh, just walking around, I mean, I guess you just sort of feel as if you're on like a journey more than, you know, more than anything else, like. Where you know deciding where to go, navigating through things, mm-hmm. getting around people. So yeah, cool. Well, I appreciate the the in person report because, like I said, I I could not be there. And of course, when this posts on Sunday morning, you'll still be there. Uh, I imagine you'll still be walking the floor, and uh, people will see you there and stuff like that. And anybody in particular that on Sunday that uh, people should look for. Um, well, I mean, down in an artist alley, um, there are some creators that, that publish through wave of the world will be there. Mm-hmm. Gavin Smith has a artist alley table. Uh, mm-hmm. he just had dead legends volume two come out. So he's mm-hmm. actually, it comes out next Wednesday. So he actually has it ahead of time. So he's mm-hmm. able to buy from him before it's in stores. Mm-hmm. And then similarly, uh, dead beats to the second volume of that anthology London calling, uh, Eric Palicki, one of the uh, editors, has a, has a table there. You know, I brought him his, his copies to to sell at his table. So you get both of those books. Um, the Cubert School has a booth. Uh, definitely check that out down at Artist Alley. Um, that, you know, I always recommend that. I don't know. I mean, so many creators, I wouldn't even know how to start. Other other than the people that I have uh, actual attachments to. Well, that's what I was thinking of is who are the people that, that have worked with you that are there? Yeah. That maybe if somebody wants to buy Wave Blue World stuff that they could go and see, like oh, Eric. Oh, oh and T- Toby Cypress is our artist. Yeah. Yeah. I published his art book, and uh, mm-hmm. he, he's an amazing artist. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, if any chance you get to see see him, definitely stop by that table. Cool. Very cool. And is, do they still have those boards that list? They, they usually go by first name. That's the thing that always baffles me in New York. You know, instead of going, usually people go by last name, but in New York, they'll have these white boards set up through Artist Alley, and they go by the first name of the person. Well, I think they probably just go by whatever they enter, because not everybody goes by a name, right? Okay. So then right. what do you do if it's just sort of, or just one name, or... Yeah a company or, or things like that. So, so they probably just, yeah, pure like, as if it was a title more than, a, than okay. a, a name. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Very great. Well, I'm glad to hear this. I mean, as far as the attendance, you know, I'm walking around the, there's lots of people walking the floor as well as the people in the booth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good. Yeah, good good yeah. to know. Well, See, that, so far, right. I mean, I'm yeah. sure Saturday will be absolutely nuts again as usual. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Reminds me of San Diego. If you've ever been to San Diego on a Saturday. Oh, oh yeah, you t- yeah. You take little baby steps as you walk the floor. You don't take strides. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I remember those days. But then mm-hmm. uh, hopefully we'll get back to that. I, I, it, it's encouraging to me that New York is able to pull this off. 
on that level. Well, I think they just sort of went for it, right? I mean, they just decided they were going to do it this year, and there was no major change, right? We've just been Mm -hmm. dealing with what we've been dealing with, and Mm -hmm. I just think that's almost like the new normal. I mean, I hope we continue to improve more vaccines, more medicine, Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. like that. But, yeah, I don't think anything's just going to sort of disappear. So, yeah, they're being like, here's... You know the the test, the, the the beta testers here. Like here's how to run a big show, you know, with this new reality. Because I I gotten my booster, my uh, Pfizer yeah. booster. Yeah. So yeah. I have, uh, you know, I'm I, I feel pretty confident. You know, uh, I take masks with me if somebody requires one, mm-hmm. but I tend to to not wear it because I've got my double shot of Pfizer as well as recently got the booster. So I should be reasonably you know, uh, safe at yeah. the moment, but we'll see. Right. But, uh, that's, I'm, well, anyway, I'm, I'm really glad that, uh, that that's going on because, you know, some of us are, are not anxious for the convention season to come back, but some of us are. Ooh, yeah. I mean, like I said, so I'm not, I think the first one I'm going to table at is uh hero's gone. Oh, really? Uh, in June, 2022. Oh, and, wow. Um, that's actually just because they still have my money from two years ago. <laughs> oh, to, wow. So it's not like I even had to make the decision to sign up. And that's what kept me from Junior York Comic Con, like, you know, wow. however many months ago when I would have had to commit. I was like, I just, right. I just don't know. Um, wow. So with Heroes Con, I'm just waiting for that to actually to come up. But I really hope that that works out because I, I love that show. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Love to set up there. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. That's good news. I'm glad to hear all that stuff. I'm really happy. About New York, because that's my favorite. Like I said, that's my favorite con, and mm-hmm. I want I want to see it succeed. So well, let's talk about what we were going to talk about. Great. We're in we're in one of those play, uh, stages in between crowdfunding for you. Yes, <laughs> and we actually get to talk about the process rather than about the the Kickstarter, mm-hmm. which is a nice change of place. And you gave me four books that I got a chance to read over and I really enjoyed. I, I, I noticed that several of them, well, two of them, of course, are uh, anthologies. And you and I have talked about, it's interesting to me that indie comics uh, anthologies seem to do so well. Well, I mean, those are our Kickstarter books, right? Mm-hmm. We did do one that wasn't a Kickstarter, but um, that that's what I found. You know, um, they can be a tough sell in the general market. Um, mm-hmm comic book retailers especially like some of them just don't know what to do but if you kickstart it and you have tons of creators in there that can promote it and put it together you know uh then you know and they can also help promote it not just the kickstarter campaign but in the stores mm-hmm. i think that's the strength um but we we have been trying to do anthologies that can also sell well on their own just from somebody seeing it on the shelf Mm-hmm. You know, like with Deadbeats, it has a strong concept and a strong main character. Because I think that's can be one of the more things that's difficult about an anthology is, is maybe it's um, a little bit unclear what you're getting into. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, it's a collection of a story. It's a broad theme. Uh, the cover has to be sort of general because there's not a singular story or character. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, with Deadbeats, we did have a singular character, the shopkeeper and a, a mm-hmm. strong theme of musical horror and yeah, I think that, you know, especially in the Halloween season, you know, this October, it's like, oh, I, you know, your store's recommending a Halloween spooky read. Uh, I, I think that might jump out, jump out to people. So, um, yeah, we, we, we've been trying to put, keep pushing the anthologies into 
more of people's mind of like something they want to check out. One thing I think you always do well is timing. <laughs> and you're, you're right. In October, Deadbeats about a, a horror music book. You couldn't mm-hmm. schedule it better. Right. Than to have it up just before the holiday, you know, before the, the Halloween. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, so many times I, I have wretched at people who don't get that right. You know, like uh, the Boom Studios put out this Klaus, which was about Santa Claus. Uh-huh. And they put the first, uh, of, it was like a monthly book, about eight months, and it started in December. And in May, there I was buying the book wondering, I wonder how many other people are actually buying a Christmas book in the middle of May. Mm-hmm. And so I, I retched about that. Now they've gotten smart. They put out, they do a one book, and it always comes out the, the Wednesday around Christmas now. Mm-hmm. They, thankfully, they don't. <laughs> It doesn't come out in the middle of May, uh, right. like because the moment Christmas happens, you're done with Christmas stuff. Oh and yeah, so you, yeah. Just like right now, you have done the ideal scheduling thing. You have it before Halloween, so that people can buy it and read it and enjoy it. And yeah. I save some books that I buy specifically for Halloween mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I think you've done a wonderful job. Now, how many how many pages are in Deadbeats Volume Two? Um, it's at least 168, maybe 176. Um, yeah. but I think we'll open up. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's a, that's a, that's a healthy book. Yeah. How much does it retail for? 1999. Oh, so that's perfect. That's a, that's a good size and a good price for that. So that's really great. Um, stores have been ordering it from what I hear you say, and that, that it's hitting the stores, uh, right after this uh, podcast post, right? Uh, you, well, you, only because of our, our delay. So mm-hmm. we made the mis well, I don't know if it was a mistake, but we did an exclusive Kickstarter cover and then right. we did the direct market cover, but the printers mm-hmm. shipped the wrong ones and I had to get them pulled back and mm-hmm. resend. So it was a bit of shuffling. So the, the, uh, sort of release was, was delayed a little, but I think mm-hmm. some came out this past Wednesday and I think everybody will have them by this upcoming Wednesday. Oh, good. But still plenty of time, yeah. lots of time for Halloween. So that, that's a, that still works out really, really well. I think that, yeah. like I said, people who do it after the holiday always, I, I, I retch about that all the time. You know, and I wonder how much of it is these th- things that go wrong. Like so many things can mm-hmm. go wrong in the supply chain, you know, whether it's mm-hmm. getting the final files, files done or the printing or the shipping, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that really mess you up like we had here, but luckily we had planned enough in advance. And I think that's what works for our advantage is I'm always planning really far in advance it's like i Thank get goodness. it done then i start marketing and planning yeah yeah oh well see that i, I wish more people did that mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm sorry to say that because some people are always kind of like baffled they put out a halloween book in the after new year's day and they wonder why people don't buy it <laughs> well you see you got to plan these things is what you got to do now see the good news is don't you have two uh, sort of horror books. There's there's a book called Dead Legends, number uh, two. Yeah, I mean that that is a martial arts mm-hmm. um, adventure. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know it's sort of a coincidence that I ended up with two dead titles. I mean it just sort of <laughs> came my way. I didn't mean to be like we're going to be the publisher that publishes dead dead mm-hmm. something. Um, but yeah, Dead Legends uh, comes out next Wednesday, the thirteenth October thirteenth. Okay. Um, 
and yeah, that's volume two as well. So mm-hmm. again, just sort of a, a coincidence. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so it's a second story arc in this mm-hmm. kung fu action adventure. It's, it's got a it's got a like a sort of a seventies um, martial art movie feel to it, but it's mm-hmm. also been very modernized um, as well. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's really neat. Um, yeah, that was a, I read that, and that was fun to read. I, I yeah. have to say, mm-hmm. very very good. Lots of action and adventure, and the art, I thought, fit the story real well. Mm-hmm. Lots of fun timing and surprises along the way, which is great. Is that the end of that, or are we going to see more of Dead Legends? Um, we will definitely see see more. Um, if, you, if you read the epilogue, there's a sort of a setup at the mm-hmm. end of Volume 2. There's a little mm-hmm. three-page bonus thing that... Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't want to spoil that too much, but that mm. will uh, let you know that, yes, the Volume 3 is, Good. will be coming. Are you aiming for as to when that's going to hit? Third um, volume? It, it, there's going to be a little bit of a break. Uh, the artist mm. is working on a Star Trek series right now. Oh. And, you know, again, we like to, to do it all uh, first. So probably not 2022. I'm thinking a 2023 release for okay. Volume 3. Halloween again, or, or it just worked out that we'll way? We'll see. We'll see. I mean, Dead Beats for sure was a Halloween type thing. Uh, Dead Legend, mm-hmm. I, I feel, is more more versatile. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so that that could end up being spring, summer. You know, we'll see. Now, uh, there's another book that you gave me a chance to read that is not necessarily Halloween, but uh, the title lends towards it: Bloody Hell. Yeah. Which is yeah. a another action adventure. This is much more of a Viking kind yep. of a story. Or World War is that World, World War, War One? Yeah. Norse god Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was something. See that that also fits very nicely into this time of year. Um is this when is this coming? Has this already hit the stands or is this no, just about to hit? No, the November seventeenth. And that'll be oh, a hardcover so a little different mm. you know maybe more of a holiday gift you know for, gotcha. for those people that uh like uh vikings or, or war stories um mm-hmm. so yeah yeah november that'll be our last book of the year oh um, really yeah <laughs> and uh yeah we, we have the four titles for the fall you know and we had <laughs> september two in october one in november and you know that way they'll all be there for the holiday shopping you know after Thanksgiving. Mm. Um, we don't tend to put something out in December because, but like Ely said, by that point, you, you already want it like in stores for people to mm-hmm. so not like just showing up and, mm-hmm. you know, um, mm-hmm. so yeah, no, uh, Bloody Hell's Great is a concept that just, uh, Clay, the, uh, McCormick, the creator, writer, artist on it just brought to me and, uh, I just really loved, uh, just mm-hmm. really neat because it, it's got a very human element, but all that like mythical God. Mm-hmm viking side of it too you know world war one soldier mm-hmm. who's, who's in over his head and just sure he's gonna die in this in this war mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. accidentally uncovers the viking gods that had been buried and uh, unleashes them you know and then all of a sudden we've got these gods that are that are wandering around you know mm-hmm. um 1920s uh europe mm-hmm. and uh yeah he tries to kind of like get them to to help out and uh it's an interesting mm-hmm. mashup of, of those of those genres. It's uh, interesting because you know uh, people who write war stories tend to focus on World War II. 
Yeah. Not not World War One. So I found that really interesting because I do watch a lot of History Channel and World War Two type things. Uh, Hitler type stuff always interests yeah. me. It was really good for me to get into a different war and see how things were handled so much differently in there. And and the the way that uh, World War One unfolded was so different than World War Two. Yeah. So that was really the, the choice of color. I think is really interesting in this book. Yep. And the the artwork I think is really cool. I the, yeah. There's there's like zombies and wolves and you name it. It's in this book pretty much. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely uh, packed packed full of, of great stuff. Yeah. Really I like the I like the way that it's. <laughs> We, you don't know what's going to happen next. You, just when you think you've seen all the, the gods you're going to see, more mm-hmm. stuff comes up. And then just when you think you've seen all the zombies, they pop back up again. And yeah. you've got and, – and well, the, the one goddess I really like who's so much taller than everybody else, they, they say, you're quite the last, aren't you? They, they say yeah. Her, uh, she's so much uh, taller. Astrea, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's really something about uh, – I really enjoyed it because, you know – See to me, World War One is a lot more of a mystery than World War Two is, because yeah. I've seen and read so much about it. So for me to actually dive into World War One was quite a lot of fun, I have to say. Uh, especially, you know, because just the society in DC is in World War Two, and everything's in World War Two, and to see actually World War One stuff, and to see that mashup, you're right between the different gods and the and all the stuff that was going on, just was amazing. To me, it just was, you know, that yeah. was before the big, the big war, supposedly. Yeah. People thought that one was going to be the end of the war. Maybe, can I let me ask you something that I didn't know? And I'm just curious. Did they actually call it World War One, or was it? No, it, it was called the Great War. And it yeah. wasn't until World War Two that they referred to World War One as World War One. <laughs> Gotcha. Okay. See, that's what I was kind of puzzling over because they never, I, did, I didn't see anybody refer to it as World War One during the book. No. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I just thought that was so interesting. It's funny how retroactively we like to re- rename things. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. But it's really a brilliant book. And this is a hardcover, you said. Yeah, yeah, wow. I, mean, I had to with this. I mean, seeing the artwork, yeah, wow. and like you said, with the colors too. It's a beautiful book. It's gonna knock some people's socks off when it comes out. It's it's luscious, the the choice yep. of color and stuff. Mm-hmm. It fits war too. The thing that got me was I, I I looked at it as kind of the ultimate war story. Mm-hmm. You know, things are so terrible that are going on. I mean. You know, I thought World War the the World Wars are bad enough, but then you have all this other stuff getting mixed in with it. Yeah, just, God, just amazes me. But you know, you can kind of see if in the middle of a war, this kind of stuff could your imagination starts to work. And man, I'm sure that there were a lot of people who could go through wars like this, and they just kind of go like, "Holy smoke!" Yeah, well, and that's and that's what happens in sort of the beginning is you get this concept of uh, you know they're talking about it and these 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 people like screaming as if there were monsters and demons fighting mm. the war. Cause you sort of feel like that, right? Like mm-hmm. just before the supernatural side of it. And then, and then in this book, you know, this story, it actually does happen. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, it's, it's sort of realized, you know, we're able to take that supernatural element and, and, and realize it in an actual story. 
just just amazing. Mm-hmm. It's a really terrific book. I just have to say, I was really astounded by you know the the use of crows whenever bad, something bad's going on. There are crows flying around, mm-hmm. and oh, just just an amazing greens and yellows and colors and just astoundingly great book. Really, just, yeah, just um, yep. wonderful book. I mean, is that going to be? Uh, I'd like to see more of this. Maybe I should say it that way. Any uh, chances there's going to be more of this kind of storytelling? Um, well, I mean, I know Clay. We certainly see more work from Clay McCormack. Um, he he might come back to this. You know, we've talked about mm-hmm. it. Nothing, nothing official, but mm-hmm. um, he's he's kind of curious to to revisit something like this. If not, he'll he'll come up with some other project that'll. That'll be astounding. There's, well, there's, there's a little something at the end of the book. Yeah. You know, this book is it's called Bloody Hell with one L, H-E-L. Mm-hmm. And we get to the end of the book, mm-hmm. and there's a, an ad that says Bloody Heil, H-E-I-L, coming soon. Yeah. You know, we talked about this as World War One, but now all of a sudden it looks like that's World War Two because there's a Nazi uh, mm-hmm. uniform in the person who's holding the skull. Yep. So maybe the trick is maybe we are going to get to get World War Two, yeah, in the next yeah. book. Well, I think that, that would be, be something to see. I think that would be the uh, the topic, you know. And, and certainly, wow. I saw that image, and uh, you know, we had a brief little conversation, uh, but uh, you know, nothing official yet, but uh, no. for sure that, that could yeah. be coming our way soon. Oh boy, I'd like that because this book really grabbed me, and I was, you know, World War Two. I'm sure I'd be even I'd be interested in it just as well because. Uh, see, the thing is, is that we are lucky in our era. I mean, we we look at, you know, we've gone through terrible things with the pandemic and stuff like that. But people who have gone through war mm-hmm. and really gone through war like these people had, yeah. it's it's an experience that, that we don't, we think we get it, but I don't think we really do. And this book kind of brings that out in that... Uh, <laughs> you know, we we kind of feel like because I I, I watched a lot of of uh, World War Two book uh, shows, I get a feeling like I know something about it. But uh, this book kind of convinced me I don't know anything <laughs> about what a real war is like. Because man, that you know, it, it's really just quite an amazing thing to go through. You know, I th- I'm sure someday people will look back and say, "Oh wow, you went through COVID nineteen." Mm-hmm. And we'll all go, yeah, wow, that was really something. we never seen anything like that. But uh, war is kind of like that. I think that uh, it's something really – Yeah, have you ever thought about doing a book about the pandemic? Well, I mean, maybe that's something I could do, like maybe looking back at it. I know some things mm-hmm. came out, you know, during uh, Tales from the from the Pandemic or things mm-hmm. like that. Um mm-hmm. So, no, I don't know. I mean, I certainly don't have anything, you know, lined up, but maybe someday, you know, looking back. Yeah. Well, given how the war stuff really struck me, is that it convinced me that I didn't, you know, as much as I thought I knew, I, I really didn't really get the whole story. Um, I, I'd love to see a story about going through because there's a lot, you know, we all have our own little stories in the pandemic and our own little, uh, mm-hmm. we've lived in our homes and done things locally with you know with with people around us but we may not have had the big picture and that would be something that would be interesting to see anyway that's a good thing but now there's another book that you made available and i actually bought this i think 
from I think my through your website, The Orphan King. Yes. Yeah. Talk about what The Orphan King is, would you? Yeah, sure. So it's a it's a YA title. Uh, it's a second one that we've done, and this is the one that I wrote. Um, and it's a twist on the uh, King Arthur myth. Um, mm-hmm. I, I renamed the character so it's not actually Arthur, just because I was deviating enough from it that I didn't want it to be um, named named Arthur. Uh, but you'll, there's a lot of recognizable characters from those stories, uh, mm-hmm. including the boy who I named Caden. Uh, I combined the Lady in the Lake and, Mer- and Merlin into one character, Lady Talisa, who's his aunt. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I wanted, you know, speaking of, you know, reflecting on things and and uh, telling our own stories. Uh, you know, I, I'd always loved King Arthur. I read a lot of the books when I was younger, um, but I didn't want to just tell a version of that story. And it wasn't until I had thought of this other concept that I wanted to explore that, uh, that I came up with this story. Um, mm-hmm. And the main thing is that, like, he comes back. I mean, the story in King Arthur is he goes and trains with Merlin or doesn't even know he's the king and comes back and just, you know, he pulls a sword from the stone and that's it. He becomes, he becomes king. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted to explore that, that birthright element. So um, mm-hmm. he actually comes back and it's, he's kind of, he's too late. The kingdom has been destroyed and now he's cast mm-hmm. adrift in this lawless land uh, with, the, with the people that he was supposed to rule. But, you know, he's kind of a nobody in, in some regards and has to mm-hmm. learn learn about these people and what it means to be a leader and uh, mm-hmm. the needs, the needs that uh, of, of the many that should outweigh the, the few, few rulers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I just wanted to explore some different, some different themes than you usually get from a King Arthur story. Um, now I think I got the first issue. Okay. Up. And this one, you gave me the, I think it's like five chapters. Uh-huh. Yes. Of it. It's, it's got the most of the story told it, but it looks like you. And of course, as we get to the end. There's a volume two coming, the Haunted yep. Hills. Mm-hmm. So that's going to yeah. continue. How old is the main character in the first book? So uh, the main timeline, I think he's supposed to be about twelve or thirteen. Um, mm-hmm. I don't say exactly. Yeah, and then the flashback, he's like well, that would make him like about. Uh, nine or ten in the flashback, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's really well told story. I really, you know, I, I loved it. Artwork okay. is really good. Again, the choice yeah. of color is really is moving. Yes, which yeah, I really it, love. It was interesting because uh, you know James Boyle, who uh, co-created it uh, with me, you know, he did the art and he colored the first two issues, but that was mm-hmm. becoming you know too much for him him to do and get through the book. So we brought in uh, Andrew Dalhouse to do the color starting with three. And I think he just picked up, you know, right where James left off and, and did a great job, you know, different palettes for the flashbacks versus the main timeline and, and everything. Yeah. Turned out great. Um, so, so we got a second volume coming. Do, do you yeah. know how many volumes uh, you want to tell this whole story in? You know, we'll, we'll see. It's definitely going to be a few. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if, if I can, you know, it all goes mm-hmm. well. And the first volume has been, been doing really well. I've been really, really happy with it. Um, mm-hmm. so if I can just keep on telling these stories because it's a very sort of long running overarching concept, mm-hmm. um, as well, each, each book itself will have its own story arc. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, you can continue on the journey and discover more and more about, you know, what happened in the land and these, these, these other 
rulers and and so forth. So uh, yeah, I, I haven't I haven't nailed down an exact number, um, mm-hmm. but definitely multi volume. I'll do as many as I can. <laughs> Okay, which is cool because the first uh, PDF you got to me had 137 pages in it. Mm-hmm. And is it a hardcover? Is that what that's coming? No, no it's a soft cover. Um, okay, I can mail you a physical copy if you'd like. Because you said you got the the issue, right? I got the first issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not, soft cover. It's a little bit smaller um, mm-hmm. and wider than your typical mm-hmm. comic book to, to fit more mm-hmm. with the book market and and YA. Mm-hmm. You know, so cool because yeah, it's uh, I like the way that you choose the books that you do. You don't do the standard stuff that are so usual for comics. I mean, you know, I I, I go through a store and many times I look at stuff and nothing jumps out at me. Mm -hmm. You know, but but your stuff leaps out at me and says, "Look at this! This is something different." And I love variety in my reading. And I think that a lot of the times, like the Orphan King to me was really interesting. It's it's close enough, but not exact to Arthur that it really grabbed my attention. It's just like the bloody hell. I mean, I was I was gripped. I was sitting reading that thing going like, my gosh, what's going to happen next? What's the story with this kind of stuff? And, of course, that World War One aspect really got me. So yeah. I love the fact that you're doing stories and characters and stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love my Long Johns, my superheroes. Batman's my guy, yeah. you know, and stuff like that. But the thing of it is, is I don't always want to read Batman. Mm-hmm. I want to read other stuff, too. And when the time comes to read other stuff, you know, I want to look around and find something different. And yeah. that's where your books really kind of shine for me and that I get to, to scratch that itch for something unique and and uh, a different kind of story. I really like that in a way, Blue World. I think you guys really go out of your way to make sure that you're, you're, <laughs> you're filling in the gaps that a lot of the storytellers I think are leaving. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I, I, I just think that we need more, you know, yeah. good stories that are not necessarily superhero stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, it's all story, story first for me, but you, I do look at the things that, that are, I don't know, you know, it's, it's, it's less that they have to be like so different, but it's like, mm-hmm. is it fresh and original that mm-hmm. like, it's not just someone retelling, an old story or their own version of the story, but it's like they have something new to say and and unique. I guess that would be a good word, you know? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's how I pick projects. It's just like, Oh, okay. This doesn't look like somebody else already published it. (laughs) (laughs) Which is great. Well, well now's a good time to talk. Chris, you said these four books represent the rest of the year. You've got to already be way working into 2022. Um, How do people keep up with your stuff in the in the months ahead? Well, I mean, I do want to mention that just um, yesterday, actually, uh, Sci-Fi Wire broke the news for our one of our titles in 2022, which is uh, Tower, and that is by um, a bat, you know an actor from the Batwoman TV show. He plays oh. uh, Luke Fox and Batwing. He's right. his creator own series. Um, and tower it's it's sort of like a hunger games with a video more of a video game vibe rather than out in the woods it's they're locked in a tower and um 
they have a lot of video game like power ops and animal assistance and things things of that <laughs> nature but uh people can check out on sci-fi wire and multiversity just just uh, covered it as well um that's up there so you'll be able to see some preview art and the cover and uh yeah that's something that's coming out uh, wow. in 2022 as well as some really other exciting stuff which we'll announce pretty soon Okay, good. Um, unfortunately, you're not doing New York. Sounds like because you don't have a place to do it from there. No, in New York, yeah, we, we talked about. Exactly. But yeah, we'll, we'll be around, and and uh, you know our our website is awbw.com. So as, as right. crazy as the way of the world is for our name, we did <laughs> at least we're able to simplify the website. What bit. about social media and stuff like that? Social media is a wave blue world. So just at a wave blue world. Um, you know, easy enough to find on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And then myself, I, I usually use my own name, Tyler Chintanner, uh, mm-hmm. Facebook and, and Twitter as well. Cool. Yeah. Well, you always do wonderful stuff. I, I've always been in, in, you know, enchanted by the things that you do. I mean, the, I could go back over the – I think the very first story was that uh, live action uh, story about a girl. And, and they, there was a, a contest going on. It was oh, a, adrenaline. Yeah, that was my first one, very first one that came out in two thousand and nine. Yeah, worked on that. I love that. Life. Yeah, that's what. <laughs> that's what got me involved in your stuff because I, I, I remember taking it back and reading it and just going like, I have no idea what's going to happen in this book. Oh, that's great. Yeah, oh, I love that. You know, it was a little rough because you know we're still in art school and. Uh, my first story and the book that came out, but I, I just really loved it. And uh, yeah, you know, I know, I know some people that like that was their entry to me in a wave of the world. And that, that's always great that that first one, you know, did, did get people's attention. And I think it really just set the tone for what we do, you know? Yep. Very good. I mean, I, you, you started off well, and I think it's, I, I I'm glad that, that uh, years later, you're still going and making good stories and, and, uh, and doing great stuff. So it's oh, so good. <laughs> I can't get away. Yeah. Well, it's good. Well, see that we need more people who want to tell good stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I, sometimes I think some people just do things because they want to make a comic. Right. Uh, and and I, that's great. I mean, people who want to do that. I, I applaud that. But at some point, you have to get to where, where the story is the thing. Yep. And luckily, you've always been there. Uh, mm-hmm. For those of us who like to read your books, because that's that storytelling is so important, and we don't get nearly enough of good storytelling in my mind. But thankfully, yeah, you're I there. Totally that. agree. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You know, because I totally agree that comics is a visual medium, and the artists are so important, and and they help yeah. tell the story. But you yeah. know, I think you can easily lose your way a little bit where maybe you you skim too much on the story because you're like, oh, let's just have this big action scene or things like that. But it's still, you know, you still got a job to do as the writer, and uh, the artist is going <laughs> to contribute as well, and you two got to work together to 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 make magic. You know, story it reminds me that I was at a, I, there was a show on sci-fi, speaking of sci-fi, uh, called Farscape. Mm-hmm. And we, I was out at a Farscape convention. They had a couple of them. And I was out in Burbank, California, and the, the creator and the writer was there. And he was kind of sitting out at a booth, and the actors were, of course, up on the stage, and everybody was talking to the actors, wanting to know what they thought of the show, and blah, blah, blah. And the, the uh, uh, Rockney, I think his name was, uh, Rockney O'Bannon, and he was stunned when they wanted him to come up and talk on the stage. 
Yeah. Well, of course. We were all like, of course. You're the guy that's, that came up with the concepts and written a lot of the scripts. We've got lots of questions as far as story goes and stuff like that. Yeah. And and it's the same thing with you, I think, that when when you tell the good stories and and, and comics – you know, get a chance to broaden our horizons and do things really the, the best way possible. I'm all for that. And that's why, you know, it's a way blue world. And don't, you know, forget that because that's very important to, to get access to these good things. Mm-hmm. And let your store know that you want to get them because they go through Diamond, right? Yes. Okay. So just look under there because it's going to be in the the uh, back section. You know the the way the the previews these days goes is really odd to me. They'll have boom and stuff up in the front, and then suddenly they'll go into the other book, what I call the other section, which is where I usually want to go and go through all the different storytelling out there. Because you know I, I've seen so many great stories out there that I just go. I have to have that. Mm-hmm. You know. That's what I love about the previous when I get to that. And that's a way Blue World, luckily, shows up early in the game. Yeah, yeah, that's the advantage of being uh, the A name. Yeah. yeah. Thank goodness. That was that was wise on your part, I think. That was mm-hmm. really, really smart to do that. But uh, I just keep looking for, if you want a good story, if you want something, uh, variety, unique, an engaging story with interesting characters, look up a wave blue world and see what they're offering. Because let me tell you something, I, I really love it. And I keep after your stuff because I know I'm going to get a good story and boy, the story is the thing in my mind. So yeah, Tyler, I got, you've got, I know you're in the middle of the New York comic con and you've got other good things to do, but I wanted to just get a chance to talk with you about your wonderful stuff. And I just, you know, have a good convention. You know, it's going to be, it's different walk on the floor. Yeah. But it's going to be something. I can't wait till you get back. I hope I get to see you back at conventions real soon and I get to buy more of your stuff <laughs> across yeah. your table. Yeah, I'm excited. I hope to see you at a show. Maybe, do you think you can do Heroes Con or you're not sure yet? I'm not sure yet at this yeah. point. I, I would have been in New York. It was up to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but unfortunately, that's not the case. But, uh, I, I am dying for to, to see your stuff and to be able to buy because I, I sometimes like to look at a book. And, yeah, and, and your stuff always is always yeah. very appealing and very attractive. So I just uh, well, then, again, well, a wave blue world. Uh, is, is, is the website awaveblueworld dot com or is it awbw dot awbw dot com? Yeah, that's a wave blue world. Do we do have awaveblueworld dot com, so that will take you there, direct you there. Oh, but yeah, awbw dot com is easier to remember. Well, we talked about The Orphan King, Bloody Hell, which is one L, and then Deadbeats Volume 2, which is coming out, and Dead Legends 2. Yes. Be sure to get those books, and uh, if, if you want them for yourself, great. If you want to give them out for the upcoming holiday season, be sure to do that because uh, there are good people going to really enjoy reading these great stories. So. As always, Tyler, you do wonderful stuff, and I just encourage you to keep going because I'm going to buy more of your books. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate your support. We wish we had more uh, <laughs> like you because that's great that you, that you really dig what we do and uh, you know help spread the word too. So thanks for having us on. Thanks for having me on. Why don't I refer to myself as plural? <laughs> need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne as a man 
I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed, but it's a symbol. Get the latest from the comics universe. News, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. that's it for this episode. Be back next time. I'll have another great interview with an excellent comics creator, something I'm sure you won't want to miss. But until then, keep reading your comics. What's that? On the tumbler? Oh, you wouldn't be interested in that. This baby works just fine. <laughs> So what do you think? Does it come in black? Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.